Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. This is the place we love to say Jesus is the way and everything else is a conversation. And so today for our conversation, Melinda and Arnick are in studio with me, Andy, and it's uh, good to have you guys here. Hello, everybody. Excited about our series. I am really pleased. Uh, sometimes, you know, you we, we start a series and you think it'll be good and it's, yeah, you know, and then others surprise you. And so we're in this thing, get outside of yourself. And uh, first four weeks mission where uh, I opened it up and then Melinda and Josh and Deli and Kelly all shared and spoke on Sundays. You guys can listen to that at... Uh, Christway.net or however you're listening to this podcast today. And uh, then last week we started the giving giving section. So interestingly enough, uh, kind of interesting for me, uh, wouldn't have planned on kicking off a giving series out of 2 Timothy chapter 2. However, that was the chapter that I was kind of focusing on during that week. And uh, day one, it hit me. It's actually verses 20 and 21 read right out of the message. It says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets, some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. So that struck me as being... uh, this container, the kind of container that God can use to present blessing. Yeah. And it just kind of went from there. Yeah. And what's crazy about it is for it to come out of Timothy, you know, Paul was talking to Timothy and basically giving him the the modus operandi of yeah, basically true. being a, a leader. But what's crazy is toward chapter two, it starts becoming almost an infrastructure conversation. It's talking about the infrastructure of, of leadership, and you also had uh, you had read the scripture out of Malachi, and we had talked about it in the morning meeting, and so anytime you start hear about hearing about right. Malachi, it's oh boy, here we go. Yeah, ties and offerings, ties and offerings, a giving <laughs> message. So I thought it was great to like couple it with Second Timothy because it kind of cushions the blow that this conversation is about you know, service infrastructure, but also it is about giving. One of the first things you ever said to me, I don't know if you remember it, we sat down at Java Hope, what was it, almost five years ago now. You said to me, uh, if you're going to be a pastor and you can't have a conversation about giving, then you don't need to pastor. And that that has always stuck with Mm -hmm. me. So it's it's actually been kind of my my, uh, courage anytime I have to get up and talk about it. but I think that, that those two things go hand in hand. It's part of the, it's a, it's the hard parts of the conversation, what we call the back end of the eight steps yeah. that we're having now. Um, it's the hard part of the conversation because, you know, sometimes our money can be such a treasure to us, as can our time. But I do think that we've been having those conversations from a good place. And I thought that it was, thought it was great Sunday, the message, you know. I joked with Andy and told him, 
when I got to recharge later, I was just going to replay the message <laughs> and just see what happens, <laughs> which I often do, <laughs> whether I play it or say it. Say it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, it went over well. Mm-hmm. went over really well, yeah. Did you did you deliver this on Sunday? I might have had a couple of oh, lines or two. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm blessed to get to hear the recording, so I oh, usually know what you say more than the average person. If I could get a little gravelly, you could just lip sync. <laughs> oh man, oh man, sound, sound like you. Yeah, I growled a little bit more, but it was good, good stuff, and very convicting towards the idea of it's such an opportunity to give. It's such an opportunity to be a part of the structure of the church, and that's whether it's gold, silver, uh, wooden, whatever your level of contribution. It is contribution, and it matters. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that hit me is that it says, uh, become the kind of container God can use. Yeah. So it's like that felt like it's on me to make the choice to like put myself into this. Yeah. Uh, not like God shall select you as the con- kind of container that you will be. No, no, no. I can become versatile, this uh, well-furnished kitchen, able to do a number of things. Uh, anything can carry out the trash, any, any receptacle, any platter, any cup or bowl, but not every receptacle, platter, cup, or bowl, can serve a fine meal. Not everyone has the ability to transition both ways and be a blessing. Uh-huh. Right? And that was something that struck me. I'm like, I have an opportunity and a choice to put myself in a position to just be the waste can, or I can have a uh, something meaningful, valuable, and the real word here at the end, he goes, for every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. So I'm able to give the gift because of the vessel that it's in. Mm-hmm. It becomes a gift. It becomes a blessing. It's not a sandwich in a nasty waste basket with residue and dried paper and all kinds of junk, wet stuff on the bottom. And here's a sandwich. You're like, not a blessing. That doesn't look good. Unless you have a lot of sandwiches you need to get rid of. Well, it's still not a blessing. I mean, you can unload sandwiches, but the yeah. person receiving it, it's about the person receiving the sandwich. Here's a sandwich, and there's, you know, it's on a plate filled with maggots. And you're like, oh, thank you so much for the sandwich. Yeah. Not a blessing to them. Now, what I said is that people certainly say, well, I did that and it worked. Yeah, they ate that sandwich because they were starving That's to right. death. Right. And I quoted, the verse that says, to a hungry man, every bitter herb is you sweet. Sure did, yeah. <laughs> so just because, you know, it's truth, ain't it? That whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody did, in fact, eat something you served them out of your shoe doesn't mean that's the new normal. And what a blessing. They were starving to death. Right. So I think it's yeah. the idea of our versatility and flexibility to be able to say, you know, I have this capacity to be a blessing type of giver. Yeah. That's so important. I mean, that's really important, that, that sequence. And I'll go back and listen to this and hear that again. Because that is so important. Because we were having a conversation earlier about culture. 
And I think that sometimes because of people's starvation, we can grade ourselves and our giving in uh, in uh, an unenlightened way. That sometimes we're looking at what we do from the perspective of crisis and starvation. And that's fine in an emergency. But at some point you have to start teaching people to value not only uh, the culture of, of the, and we're talking about the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom, but to value themselves to a point where they don't see things from that uh, a crisis perspective. So I guess an easy way to say that is, is just what you said. When you're giving to a person that's starving <laughs> and your, your willingness to give in the moment, sometimes your reaction in that time is only reacting to the crisis not from a mature heart and understanding of the preciousness that it is to give mm -hmm. in the kingdom. So what ends up happening is we create starvation. We create crisis as kind of the undertone of what we're doing instead of really establishing a heart to do it and to do it where God has called us to do it. And I feel such a conviction towards that in you saying that, that it's not just enough to give. You have to give with a true conviction toward the way God sees you, not the way we see the crisis. Or we'll always feel entitled to give, you know, almost with our tongue in cheek and just say, well, we gave. But we didn't give with that intensity and that love. And just to add this caveat, thanks be to God that God doesn't give to us like that. Because yeah. he could always treat us like, hey, I just give them a little bit of what I got because they're in a crisis, they're starving, it's an emergency. But he chooses the best for us. Yeah. yeah. There's a situation that uh, happens in uh, business. And uh, we had a situation recently, we offered someone a job. And when they gave their notice at the previous job, uh, they bumped their pay, changed where they work, changed the job to keep them, right? bumped their pay significantly. And so they, they wrote us back and said, hey, you know, this is what happened, and explained the whole thing. Stay in there. Okay. When I'm in situations like that, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're too late. Like, if I've worked for you, and you paid me less than you could, and took advantage of me as however I might perceive it to have happened, right? And you got me for that and kept me for that. And now I'm, I don't know, threatening something and leaving, whatever looking for something better, looking for a blessing. Now, all of a sudden, you're ponying up on the money. You're ponying up on the job that, you know, you could have done that before. That speaks to me of a character yeah. issue, yeah. which I, I, at that point for me personally, I'm like, it really doesn't matter how much you're paying me. If that was the value that I had for you, you could have done better and you didn't, uh, then I'm actually not interested in working for you. <laughs> yeah. I will go somewhere else. I'll make less. They pay me less. And maybe that's a little bit of a chip on my shoulder or something. I don't know. But that, the character idea of that is like, why wouldn't we do better if we can do better? Yes. Right? If we can be a blessing, then why wouldn't we be a blessing? If we do have abundance, if we are, as it was said of Paul, Paul said, we're blessed to be a blessing, right? Not to re retain and, and store and really, in the message on Sunday, real time, during the message, I was thinking about, I mean, I thought about this before, but the, the, the cup or the goblet, the platter, the bowl, they're, 
their existence is to transfer things, mm. not to keep them forever, right? not good. to store yeah. up. Right? Mm. You fill the beautiful goblet with wine, and you're like, well, there it is. We're just going to keep it right there on the shelf and keep looking at it, and nobody's drinking it, and no one's enjoying it, and no one's being blessed by it. Or that food, there it is. It's going to sit there till it gets cold and moldy and everything. No, no, no. The idea is the platter is used for the purpose of taking something good, blessing, from one place to another place. And after that evolution, it's empty again to be reused and refilled. I thought that was... So this is the light bulb for me, even sitting in service and meditating on it since. This scripture in 2 Timothy is in our freedom curriculum. So you and I have taught that for 10 years. And I have never really understood why this scripture was in there. They even had suggestions in the leadership uh, guide on how to talk about that in group. And I just never felt right because I didn't have my brain around it. And I finally have my brain around this scripture because of what you're saying at this point in our conversation about it being emptied. I think you called it a purpose um, of transference or transferring something, transferring a blessing. You're empty, then you're filled with something, and then you transfer it to your guests right. and you offer it. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily even matter what the 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 container is because the china or the crystal and the silver are for the fancy meal, right. the very fine meal, I think it says in the scripture. But there's also the necessity of the garbage pail and the compost yep. bin because at the end, then we need to, you know, clean up or feed the soil or, you know, all the things that we need to remove the garbage, remove the waste, all of that being a blessing and a choice that you allow yourself to be filled up and emptied and filled up and emptied and all for the purpose of serving others. And if we're going to take the, the analogy where, you know, it's God's house and you're just a instrument in his cupboard he pulls it out he fills it you are literally what's being used to transfer those blessings to someone you don't get to choose what you're filled up with and you don't get to choose how quickly you're emptied your job is to be empty and ready right so i've just finally isn't that interesting it just never clicked for me i don't know if it was out of context in our conversations during freedom i will be teaching that differently but that's that's that is so and just speaking of Christ's way, that is so attractive mm. uh, to actually see that implemented. I think one of the most important things that I've seen us do on a Sunday, I, I, I was about here about two years, and we had Jeremy come up and he gave a complete report of outflow. Uh, and I think Dan did it. Uh, yeah. And all the uh, guys came up yeah, and gave came up. the and board members. Recently, I heard you kind of just break down the the outflow of the church because what it says to people is that it's a serving table, not Tupperware. We're not just taking this and yeah. storing it up. This is outflowing, and here's this goes to this specific place. No matter what you give, that percentage doesn't change. It's going here and here. And I think that's attractive to know that when a person puts an envelope in or gives, they know that outflow is automatic. It's not something that we are trying to figure out. That structure's in place. Yeah. I I think it's important to recognize that in order to be uh, the finer thing, which is used uniquely, 
silver platter. Mm. Uh, that is not the same as the paper plate. Mm-hmm. That is not the same as the plastic waste receptacle. Well, it's definitely about convenience if it's paper or plastic. Right? Well, doing the work, becoming, doing the work to become a particular level of giver. And then I might say this, a particular kind of blesser. Now, a few weeks ago, our insurance guys came by, and the, the, the building that we worship in now was built, I don't know, 30-some, well, maybe, I guess almost 50 years ago now. And uh, the old building, we're going to be 75 years old next year. So the old building, longer than that, right? Earlier. There's one panel in there they found that was glass and two, right? Fuses. Reminded me of my basement as a kid, you know, in the 70s, the glass fuses. Found that, said, got to replace it. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, I am not able to replace that. I did, however, make a call to my friend Andrew Nicholas. I said, Andrew, we have this issue. He's like, not a problem. Just let me know what you need. When can I come over and take a look at it? I opened the church. I wasn't even here. I don't think he took a look at it, came back, got what he needed, fixed it, sent me a note, fixed. I was never here a second that he was in the building doing it. All of a sudden it was there and then it wasn't there. It was something new. Andrew did the work through years, experience, apprenticeships, education to become the kind of vessel that can be that kind of blessing. I'm not able to do that. You know why? Because I didn't do the work. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I haven't put myself in that kind of a position to learn those kinds of things. And there are things all over this church right, that, I mean, I can play fifths and thirds and a bass note. right? <laughs> Three to five notes on the keyboard at one time is what I can play. You and Melinda both, your chords are like, I call them fat chords. They're like you're hitting two notes with your thumb. <laughs> you got like minor things going. Your bass hand is three to four notes, right? Yeah. You guys have done more work in that area. So there is a need for the waste camp for sure. Of course, I'm joking with Joe Ford, you know, like, does anybody here understand how important it is to remove the trash? Yeah. Yes, it is important. But you're not going to serve a meal in the back of one of those trash trucks. Right. And the scripture says a fine meal, not yeah. just a meal. Yeah, that's not going to be a blessing. Right. No. Right. Hey, we're having a food truck Sunday, and Joe brings his trucks over and eat in the back of those trucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's just silly, right? Yeah. It doesn't tra- it, it, a clean one doesn't transition well. Right? Right. It could be brand new off the, off the assembly line, doesn't transition well. So what are we doing to become those finer things to provide, to, to be unique, we, uniquely equipped, to provide blessing for people. Maybe we're uniquely equipped because of our generosity that we cultivate. Maybe it's the way we live our life, what we don't buy. So we have Deli and Kelly are champs at this, right? That's a lot of what we were talking about, their intentionality Uh of living at a particular level of lifestyle so that they have excess to give to someone else. That's an intentional decision. I could have a car payment that's 500 a month or 300 a month. If I have a 300 a month, then the difference of that is 200 a month, which could either go to my college, you know, my children's college fund, or maybe 100 there, 100 somewhere else, or 50 or whatever. And all we were trying to help people do, well, many things, I guess, but one of the things is become a giver. And you've got to start somewhere. I mean, yeah. 
give the dollar, give five, give 10, write the check. And we were super clear to say, you know, we're not just talking about, you know, your treasure or your talent, right? Or my, you know, my time. No, no, no. Money. Right. Like give somebody some folding money. Yeah. And what's beautiful about what you're saying, there's, there's also an undertone of knowing what vessel you are in what time. You weren't able to fix what Andrew could. And Andrew's in his 30s, right? He is, yes. What does he know about walking into the basement in real time and having the experience of seeing that stuff? But he learned from that stuff. And I think so many times we think that all we can contribute is the immediacy of what we have. Okay, I have this amount to give or this amount to give. But we don't think about outflow and how it affects other people's gifts. You knew you knew those glass tubes. You couldn't fix them, but you knew they were out of place. So you were able to give your experience and then God sends someone else who's capable to replace that. That's the body. That's the body of Christ. That he no, he wasn't there to see it. He wasn't there. And I say this to everybody that even listens to this that may be over 60. That's proof that your experience and what you see, what it can do for the body of Christ is at least tell us it's not supposed to be there. Now, you may not be the person with the energy or even the education to come behind that and implement it. But your wisdom to say this ain't supposed to be here. We got to find somebody. That is so necessary. And so it doesn't matter what kind of vessel you are. What you give has value. And it's up to God to know that value. And a good pastor. It helps to have a good pastor. But to look at that and say, hey, there's value. I just I I see this every Sunday. I told Jade, who plays the bass for us in worship, she's ruined me on stage. Because before, when I would play, I would play so full and do all this stuff. And now, my left hand, I've literally had to go back in and start practicing, you know, arpeggios and bass lines. Because with her playing, I know it's there. I don't even have to worry about it. Somebody said to me the other week, I've never seen your left hand in the air so much. Uh. She's finally let you be a worshiper. Yes, I finally get to just be involved in the worship. At least half of me, yeah. So just what you have to offer, you have to be comfortable with that. Well, so here's here's what I'm hearing out of that. Uh, Versatile, a well-equipped kitchen. Mm. Yeah. Right? When Jade wasn't there, you had to bang that out, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you had to hammer that. I remember, I can see it in my mind, you hammering out that left hand and hitting those bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And now you don't. Yeah. Because it's a well-equipped kitchen. Mm. Can't see me now, but I actually have a well-manicured hands <laughs> now. Yeah. Well, yeah. and in our church, that's why I said we want to have people that are able uh, to give and be available. Mm. At, yeah. and, and To choose to be available. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But with what, bringing to bear all their giftings, bringing to bear their compassion yeah. from their experience, uh, skills, talents, Gifting. Even because of all, their suffering, all of those things, ability to choose folks with giftings in the church, not and I'm now I'm talking spiritual gifts, folks that are able to give a word of prophecy mm-hmm. when it's needed, folks that are able 
to work in the gifts of healing when it's needed or the gift of faith, the gift of helps we talked about earlier, people mm-hmm. that are here to be able to do that. Or even the people that will notice something that maybe someone else wouldn't notice due to their suffering or their bent their experience or their, or their passion about it. Yep. The yep. spirit of God yep. speaking yep. to them and they a lot of times we say, that. you know, people are asking me, of course, pastors get asked this or the number one question, what's the will of God for my life? I've just come to ask people, what do you see? When you walk around, what do you see? What do you notice? Because what you notice is probably where you're passionate. Cause you care. Mm-hmm. You see it because you care, mm-hmm. which can tell you a little bit about where y- your heart is, mm-hmm. how God wired you. Mm-hmm. Why don't you walk down that path a little bit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. have a friend who comes most Sundays with money in his pocket and he thinks he's going to give it a particular place, but he's intentionally, he's going to hand it to someone at some point. And he may think it's for someone else and then something happens or the Lord speaks and he's like, oh, I thought this was for so-and-so, but yeah. it appears I see this need and I'm going to re- I'm going to be able, what I'm saying is he's intentionally being ready to be spontaneous, to hand that folded piece of paper, whether it's a check or actual cash. Yeah. Which is amazing. And it's, it's very, very mature of him. And also what a blessing to be able to have that kind of mindset, A, and B, the, have the money to be able to do that. Where like well, you're intentionally showing up ready and looking Interesting that you'd say mature, because as we move through the eight steps, that is step six. Seven is serving on a Sunday, and eight is mentoring other people. So seven is serving the family, serving the house. And eight is replicating yourself, pouring yourself into others, because the other seven steps are online, and you have something to give. But step six is giving, and it is a level of maturity. It is 75% through the process, three-quarters of the way through, when you're able to give to people with intent and the stories are fun mm. when he says he brings you know i brought this amount of money and i thought it was for that and then i saw something else and i'm like okay lord i guess it's this yeah what's being intentional for and sure. you know the blessing the blessing is right. twofold not just for the person receiving mm. i didn't say this is sunday at all but it is more blessed to, to give. To give than to, to receive. receive. Yeah, yeah, you are more blessed in the giving, right? And, and the prompt from Malachi where the Lord says, you know, I felt like it was almost him parenting us, giving us an incentive. Uh, you really need to give. Well, that's not going to do it for me. Because he already said, he said, everything I tell you to do, you don't do, which I think is hilarious. Mm. He's like, everything I tell you to do, you don't do. And he said, you rob me and you don't <laughs> give and he just, that kind of thing. And he says, I'll tell you what. I felt like I was bribing Chip to mow the grass. Like, son, if you do this, we'll go to Holiday World. You know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. He goes, just test me. Mm. Give and see. Mm. See if I don't give back to you. See if you can outgive me. See if I can ever be indebted to you. It was almost, it felt like a, not, a, not a chiding or a, a weaponized reprimand. You know, it right. was like an incentive. Mm. Incentive. Yeah. Here we are this back is, to generosity. Yeah, this is going to be good for you, and yeah. I'd love for you to just see it and do it, but mm. you're a kid, and you're immature, mm. and you don't. So I'm going to sweeten the pot for you a little bit. Just test me. Try me. See, see what we get out of this. And you give a little bit and, and, and see how that comes back. And then hopefully you give a little bit, and then you see the you Lord. See it. Yeah, hopefully you give, but not hopefully you see, because he will provide and bring whatever 
And then as you mature in your generosity, the Lord will continue to just abundant life, ample generosity, all that stuff. Can't outgive the Lord, I think. It's either a song or a scripture yeah. or both. Yeah. The beauty of that. It'll well, I surprise told, us. I told the story of the guy that gives something away every day. Yep. And it's been 17 years since I had that interaction with him. And 365 times 17 is 6,205. 6,205 things he's given away. And what I closed the message with on Sunday was asking, what kind of attitude do you think that guy lives in every day? An attitude of resentment, an attitude of want and need and less than? And fear. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, there's. I haven't spoken to Dower Hargrove for quite a few years. But I don't even think it's possible for you to give something away every day. And have that as your mindset, looking, looking for an I am ready. I'm listening to the Lord for the prompt. Mm-hmm. I am ready to give. My hands are open. I am generous, whatever he says. I'm obedient to it, the whole thing. How in the world can you have a dark day? Like, it's generosity, and generosity is connected to gratitude. And so when he's handing things away, he is giving, and he is grateful. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Stingy. He slid his phone across the table. He's like, well, you need a phone. I have a phone. You need a phone. There's a phone. And what's more amazing about that on the lines of being more blessed to give than to receive? What's more amazing about that? The fact that he gives it Mm. or the fact that 6,000 times plus he has it to give? He has 6,000 things to give. Apparently so. <laughs> that means that by faith and yeah. his belief in what he's doing, God has always provided. And I think that's the circular part of it, mm. is that when you're willing to give, when you make yourself up, we did that at the end of service, available. Yep, yep. He, he fills that cup. Well, I'm thinking, Lord, use me, right? We all yeah. want to be used. Well, if you're a giver... I'm sure the Lord will bring people to intersect your life yeah, uh, with hope, the gospel, healing, hugs, love, sandwiches, dollars, right? And uh, being, able to, uh, being able to do that, step into that spot. Yeah. Well, Mo, you got the insight today. You got oh, the yeah? freedom insight. <laughs> so how about you close us out, maybe pray. Uh, blessing and insight over all of us. Well, first of all, Lord, I want to thank you uh, for the generosity of the simplicity of you giving your son, uh, the salvation that we have, the freedom that we are walked through um, because of all the things that you sacrifice and that you give. And so we're thankful for that. And we are thankful for the process that our church is going through. So I pray um, for all those that were here on Sunday and that are listening today, whatever time. Um, and place they find themselves in that you're speaking to them. So as you give us the honor of being a platter or a goblet, um, any kind of a container to be the transference, we thank you for that opportunity. And help us to choose. Help us to be versatile. Help us to be allow ourselves to be in a place where we bless someone um, so they can receive, and they receive it in a place, in a way um, that it's not uh, condescending, but they actually see you all over it. So we want to reflect you. We want to glorify you. And I pray courage 
over our church and those who listen um, to these words that we've spoken. Um, bind up fear. Let us be secure in you. Um, help us to do business with whatever parts that would um, make us afraid or uh, hesitate, but that we just jump in in this mission of getting outside of ourselves um, and freely give because you have freely given to us. So I thank you for that. Um, and I praise you of yet another opportunity for us to not only live an abundant life, but to be in other people's lives so generously. I pray this in your name. Amen. 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 So uh, at the airing of this podcast today, it is uh, June 14. And June 14, 2015 was Father's Day. And that was the day we were invited and voted in to pastor this church. So eight years ago wow. today. That's awesome. Yeah. And what a great privilege it's been to journey uh, with this great community of faith and uh, be able to develop and build a culture um, that I hope we live outside of ourselves and we are vessels and allow the Lord to work through us with good news and good things and, and gifts that matter. So thank you all for being a gift to us today and joining us and investing your time to listen. Uh, we pray it's been a blessing for you as well. And until next time, take care.